Welcome to The Rock Fight, where we speak our truth, slay sacred cows, and sometimes agree to disagree. This is an outdoor podcast that aims for the head. I'm Colin True, and today Kyle Frost is back with us to talk about the big battle that took place in ultra running, in the ultra running community earlier this fall, and maybe another topic or two. But first of all, Kyle, what's up, man? Thanks for coming back to the show. It is great to be back. I don't, I'm not feeling the enthusiasm, you know? <laughs> <laughs> we can try that. <laughs> no, 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 I'm kidding. Okay. <laughs> I am no, but hey, man. very happy to be back. <laughs> you're very happy because you're going skiing this weekend. That's what you're happy about. Yeah, trying to get a getting a little hut trip in. Might be a little low tide, but um, mostly walking on snow to uh, drink at a hut rather than do some true backcountry skiing. But it'll be fun to be out there. <laughs> Well, last week for your website and newsletter, you wrote about the big battle that took place this past fall between the Whistler Alpine Meadows, which is a 100-mile ultra that's hosted by well-known runner and race director Gary Robbins, and UTMB, a well-funded and growing series of global ultras that has grown out of the prestigious Ultra Trail du Mont Blanc Ultra Marathon. Like, I got all that right. So... This was sort of the topic du jour. I think it definitely bled outside of the ultra and the running community, given some of the players involved. But before we kind of get into the controversy, well, I mean, let's get into the controversy. What you know, what's what's the high level overview of kind of what happened and what was interesting about this from from your perspective? Yeah, I'll, I'll give like a pretty quick overview because there's a, a lot of detail here and a lot of timelines provided by both sides where yeah well no i mean there's like a lot of stuff under nda and like gary has a timeline utmb has a timeline um but the long story short is that last year uh, after a very successful 2022 event uh whistler alpine meadows ran into some permitting issues with bell resorts slash whistler um regarding uh, new permitting requirements, uh, potentially some adjustments to how they were doing their health and safety planning. And basically w- what happened was that uh, they weren't allowed to promote the event until those things were ironed out. That stuff was not going to get ironed out in a manner that Robbins uh, felt that you know they were going to be able to sell their event in enough time. And so they canceled, wham, big blog post about why it was permanently canceled, not returning. On the other end, UTMB found out about the free weekend. This is their words. They found out about it after that Gary had canceled and went through the permitting process. And then in October announced a Whistler ultra race uh, under the UTMB brand that, you know, is remarkably similar to Wham. And of course the trail running community kind of, kind of went wild. Um, Especially up there in Canada, man, they are a pretty t- tight knit crew. Yeah, and so the community basically came out uh, in support of uh, Gary. Um, pretty upset that what from the outside appears like UTMB kind of pushed out uh, a locally run race and an extremely well liked and well loved personality uh, in the community. So that's kind of the the general the general timeline. <laughs> Where does your interest in this fall, right? Because, I mean, it's definitely kind of a bummer if you're a fan of Gary's races or whatever. But, I mean, what is it about this that was intriguing to you? I mean, I I don't know. I don't know Gary besides as someone who knows him from being in the ultra community and, and that kind of stuff. I, I've never run a UTMB race, although I, t- I did uh, sign up for one a couple weeks before all of this went down. Uh, so I'm doing Desert Rats in, uh, in April. My main interest is... 
it, it seems like there's a bit of a conflict between kind of where ultra running has been in regards to, uh, you know, grassroots organizers, smaller races, uh, like a very local, you know, community oriented feel and mm -hmm. the growth of UTMB, uh, particularly over the last several years and their partnership with Ironman and how UTMB has become a brand and then they started acquiring races and then those races became the only ways to qualify for the world championships in Chamonix. And a lot of this is very similar to how uh, Ironman grew mm -hmm. over time. In general, I, I think what's interesting is can UTMB grow in a sustainable way and maintain like brand, uh, not brand awareness, but like the, a positive representation of of the brand by making these kinds of decisions. <laughs> so this is like it's the case of the 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 the, the big you know and using air quotes on, on the camera here because it's you know it's it's talking about the ultra running community, but still it's kind of the big entities kind of squashing back the local grassroots race. Right. I mean, it's, it's essentially it a perfect storm of like of terrible PR because you know Vale is <laughs> involved, uh, Iron Man, who's you know who's a partner uh, and a minority shareholder of. UTMB is involved, uh, and then UTMB, you know, is playing right into the massive growth over the last couple of years and monopolizing of, you know, the ultra community. So, all right. So the veil Iron Man of it all, like, what is there really to be concerned about, right? Consolidation happens all the time. I mean, I, I understand that it's a PR perfect storm for those in the know, but is it really a problem for, I mean, runners in general, but definitely elite runners, the people who want to go to these UTMB events, most participants won't know any better, you know, as long as the events are there to run. I mean, if, if, if all of a sudden there's attrition and there's fewer events and people will notice that, but as long as they're there supported with volunteers and well-socked aid stations and, you know, beer at the finish line, what, what's actually at stake? I mean, I, I think I might agree that this disproportionately affects elites, but the brand perception is super important because people want to run at UTMB, like UTMB championships in Chamonix, whether you're mm. an elite or not. Like that is the, a pit, that is like the pinnacle of a life of trail running and ultra running for a huge number of people at all levels. And the only way to do that is by collecting running stones, which you collect by running UTMB events. And if people have a poor perception of the brand, then Right. Chamonix loses a little bit of its shine and, you know, they go off and run other events. There's a ton of other events in, even in Europe that are beautiful and incredible and all that kind of stuff that aren't UTMB, but UTMB occupies so much of the headspace of, I mean, it is the Everest of, no, you know, all, all you're of right, man. It's, and it's beyond that. And this is where almost and to your point of what your concern is, is it, you know, is it almost too much power? Because like, cause I've talked to people who've been there who aren't runners who just have been in Chamonix on UTMB weekend, because it's kind of, it's like everybody talks about, Oh, we, outdoor retailer was great. Cause we got the whole tribe together. It's like, no, this was the actual gathering of the tribe. Cause there'd be like kayakers and freaking skiers and mountaineers there, but they're like, Hey, we're in town for UTMB, which is this ultra marathon. Yeah. And I think like, I think it's important that like, this isn't the New York marathon or Boston where there's 50,000 people in a race and you have no idea who the race organizers are <laughs> right, right. and you do not care that, you know, it's the TCS New York city marathon, which is like a, you know, some consulting firm or something. These races are smaller. People have a lot more 
context to who's organizing them and how they were organized like you have with with Gary and that kind of stuff. And like, for example, like the the Pro Trail Runner Association uh, has released a statement how they're talking with UTMB about how they're not super stoked that uh, I think it's Dacia. It's a car car company is like the title sponsor of UTMB mm-hmm. because they don't feel like it really fits the values of, of the community. And, you know, like you said, like a lot of these acquisitions might be inevitable, you know, small right. races, not that not super profitable things. They're hard to run. Logistics are hard, just like small ski resorts. Like in these things happen, but because people are so cognizant of the community, how those things happen yeah, is super important. Yeah, if anything, I imagine just the community is maybe where Gary feels a little betrayed almost, right? I mean, I'm sympathetic to Gary and, you know, his company Coast Mountain Running, but kind of like, you know, the, there's definitely the kind of jaded, you know, guy who worked in business for a long time. And I'm like, you just want to almost give like the shrugging emoji in a way, like not out of apathy, but it's just like, you, you kind of, I feel like you probably could have seen this coming in some regard. Now, at the same time, he's up there in, you know, BC, doing his thing and putting on races and, you know, everybody loves, loves him. And the whole community really loves his events. And look, I ran the Squamish 50. It was a wonderful event. Like it really was even by other ultra uh, or even just race standards. But, you know, I don't see this as anything that's particularly shocking, I guess is what I'm trying to say. I'm not sure if I see it as shocking. I don't, I don't know if I'm willing to like shrug it off. Uh, yeah, that was rude. I, okay. <laughs> I take that back. Sorry, Gary. I shouldn't have said shrug. Like if you're looking at this from a non-emotional like business perspective, yeah, you you canceled the event. Like there's an open, someone's probably going to step in. Right. Did UTMB do the right thing as far as like keeping Gary apprised of what's happening? Was there probably some intentional or you know, with, with probably of information, lack of communication <laughs> yeah, about right. what was going on. Yes, probably. Yeah, yeah. But if you look at it from like Vale Resorts perspective, they'll say, "Hey, you left for whatever reason." Like maybe Vale pushed them out with unreasonable permitting things. We don't really know. But from a business perspective, UTMB is a globally recognized brand that's mm-hmm. bringing. A, a ton more recognition and, and dollars and, and that kind of stuff that if you're going to establish uh, a partnership for an event like this, you know, pr- probably makes more sense um, to be UTMB than wham, nothing against wham. But like I said, it's how you go about these things that matter <laughs> and they did well, not go about it in a great way. Well, you also described the situation and the fallout as potentially an ideological battle for the heart of the sport, right? So that's a, that's a pretty bold statement. Why, why do you think that's the case? Yeah, I mean, I, I spoke with Doug Meyer, who runs a, a running tour company uh, out of Chamonix uh, called Run the Alps, and also wrote a book about the history of Chamonix. And he likes to call ultra running uh, a soul sport, um, like surfing or, or climbing. And yeah, I take issue with that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding. I don't go ahead. Uh, and it, and you know, and like those sports, you know, running and particularly ultra running has like this really strong emotional c- connection to what you're doing. Like, there's a lot of people that get more out of it than, you know, running fast times and, you know, trying to get PRs and, and those sort of thing. That's, that's really not what it's about. And so anytime there's a threat to something that might affect how you like feel like personally about 
you know, what you're doing or, you know, your mm-hmm. sport in general that you're so connected to, there's going to be a huge pushback. And I feel like there's this strong, con- that strong connection is tied right now or has been for a long time to like local race organizers, grassroots organizations, yeah. a fairly small community. You know, most of these races are a couple hundred people, particularly in the U S where we can't really have a uh, larger size uh, races in a lot of places. And UTMB consolidating things is a threat. It feels like a threat because you're turning my, you know, face-to-face interactions with the person that organized this race to like a faceless organization, you know, intentionally or unintentionally that feels more like a business than it does a community. So I I say I don't agree with that. It's mostly because I I view trail running that way. I don't necessarily view ultras that way. I don't, I don't personally in my experience think that the, the length of time on trail has heightened my trail running experience. However, I did feel very enlightened just running trails in general and can get, get to that moment. But, but I I get the point. I mean, is this just a sign that, I mean, ultra running and trail running is now, it's really becoming profitable enough that like all these other schools, I mean, you mentioned climbing and, uh, just wait, you know, there was definitely, or how do we make climbing profitable and competitive, you know, surfing, same thing, right. You know, it's, competitions happen all the time. So is ultra running finally becoming profitable enough that, you know, Sauron's eye is now gazing on like the existing infrastructure to like as money-making opportunities. Oh, I think, I think for sure. Like it, it's definitely grown yeah. enough popularity and participation. Um, obviously, you know, brands are noticing and putting more money behind it and, you know, Every shoe, every shoe brand is now in into trail at this point. Like, right. you know, a couple years ago, you couldn't say that. You know, there were you know maybe four or five kind of core ones, and now Nike's got a full line, and then like you know, Nike's fully in, and you know, a, a amongst a bunch of other people, and yeah, like with growth and with the dollar signs comes people trying to organize it more and then push it bigger and then, you know, get it more international recognition and then push it more and make more money. And it becomes, you know, that vicious cycle of pretty much every sport. But yeah, I don't know. The older I get kind of the dumber racing gets, you know, I just, I, all of these things that are kind of the soul of it and sort of, I don't know, especially ultras and what I always took away from any sort of racing was the, you know, the vast majority of us are not going to win. You know, it's, we're kind of here for the experience, the thing to have on the calendar to train for. And then the race day, like, it's great. Logistically, it's great. It's like, okay, we have aid stations. That's awesome. And then also, you know, high fives from volunteers. And, you know, those moments when like, you feel like I'm not going to finish this. And then you come across somebody and they like high five you and it kind of gives you that jolt. You know, I've been lobbying forever. <laughs> like, let's get the Grand Fondo style, like, you know, trail running events going. I don't know if that's something that could ever, you know, come about, but in terms of your experience as a runner, like, do you value the race itself? Um, I think it's a good question. I don't know. I mean, I think ultras in general tend to balance it pretty well. Like, there's going to be that 10% of, or 20%, whatever it is, of people that are there to, like, race, race. And, right. you know, really push things and, you know, jockeying for position and, and all of that kind of stuff. But I would say on on the whole most people are there for the experience and they are there to finish something. Um, Especially because it's not like a marathon where there's some level of consistency. Like, I I don't know, like I ran my first 50 K in four hours, which was, I mean, which is pretty good. Um, That's really good. And 
I ran my second 50k in like six because it was a much harder course. And, <laughs> right, right. and to be fair, I had a terrible day. Somewhere around mile 13, it became the like, okay, I am here to get through this and, you know, you know, finish and, and not, you know, do well for myself. But it, it definitely became more of a, like a personal, you know, just experience and like, you know, where I'm getting through this, I'm, this is a challenge, I'm going to finish versus a yeah. marathon where it's like, oh, I'm, I'm constantly trying to qualify for Boston. And so my goal is, you know, sub three hours or whatever. Well, so where does it sit today? So, I mean, UTMB is doing their event. I mean, I know there's been some level of boycott from some local athletes, but it still seems like that's going to go off, right? That's going to happen. I'm sure that I wonder, I'm, I'm sure that's going to happen. happen. At this point. Um, I, I mean, I, I would, I, I think there's the potential for that event maybe to like have slower than usual registration. They might have trouble attracting volunteers. Yeah. Um, I, I don't expect it to really affect UTMB globally at, at this point yet. Sure. Like I said, I think the, the allure of Chamonix is just too big. I don't know. I, at the end of my article, you know, I, I said something along the lines of, you know, they'll be smart to like very carefully consider like their next steps. Yeah. And then immediately hours after I published, uh, I got sent a, a post by uh, a runner who had been doing uh, comment commentary for them. And she was removed as a commentator for being too outspoken. And on, on this topic or just in general? Uh, trail running in general, but the, in this topic and <laughs> you know, that is not, that was, that's that not a good, exactly move. wrong yeah. way to for, handle for all my forgiving comments. Like, well, you probably just, this is about just the way it is. It's like, well, maybe just like, maybe don't do it hours after like, you know, or, de- or relatively soon after the, all this news breaks, you know, like, come on guys, what are you doing? Yeah. You know, you try and give people the benefit of the doubt and yeah, that, yeah, that did not help. And then Gary said he was going to have another event, though, I believe, right? And is that, is there any announcement about that? Yeah, I've also talked to other people who said that they are working in that vein. So I I don't have any like knowledge on what it's going to be or where it's going to be. Um, Yeah. And that probably, I mean, those those things are hard to plan and get permitted regardless of how much goodwill is out there. So, you know, I'm excited to see, see what it is. I'm sure it's going to be awesome. All right, man. Well, I mean, we'll keep an eye on it. Definitely, as things come into this next summer, these things are definitely going to start happening. We should touch base on it when they come around. Um, while we're on the topic of endurance sports, did you see the the news about Strava this week? A new feature in the old Strava app. Oh, the messaging. Yeah. What were your thoughts on that? Um, I mean, I think it's something that people have been asking for for a long time. You know, I see a lot of feedback here and there about, you know, how people didn't want messaging or or, or whatnot, and like that's that's fine. Uh, I think for me coming from like a product design background and startups and that kind of thing, like it's a big feature release. It's seems to me like something that'll add value to Strava. Um, there's a lot of people that, you know, are planning runs or group rides and, and things like that, where this will definitely, definitely come in handy. Uh, there's obviously avenues for abuse, uh, with, as there are with any messaging feature, uh, right. particularly men messaging women, uh, yeah which is uh, a consistent problem across every messaging app, unfortunately. I mean, from what I can see, at least, they, they did launch with a, a fairly robust set of privacy features and, you know, to manage uh, who can message you and that kind of stuff. I don't know. In, in, in general, I think it's probably a, a positive um, feature for Strava. 
who's sitting there like getting mad? Like, don't you dare give us messaging? Like what, you know, and I know that people were, like you said, but it's like, what, why? Like, why, like you said, why are you, why are you taking so much time out of your day to be vocal about a feature that might come? And even when it comes, who cares? Like you said, like you can easily turn it off. It makes sense. Strava, and I, I definitely advise, I am sure I have shit on Strava in the past, and I probably don't even know why. <laughs> I think it's just maybe because it's the marketing of it and the whole, if it's not on Strava, it didn't happen thing. I get a little of that. But if we become such a slave to the app in general that like, well, I can't, God damn it, that app that I have to open up myself and use myself, I'm going to sit here and complain about it. It's crazy to me. Yeah. I mean, I think people, you know, they, they've had some like not great PR in the last, year around raising prices and that sort of thing Mm. um you know it's an app that people pay for and so people have opinions on what strava should be building and they generally think that individuals generally think that the way that they use an app is the way that everyone uses the app and therefore right strava does anything that's doesn't cater specifically to them that they're wrong and you know i have i have news for you you're probably not (laughs) the core user of Strava. Not to say that companies and, you know, designers and product people don't make stupid decisions and that aren't in the interests of the users always, but they're they're not stupid people. And, you know, there's a hundred, I don't know, it's a hundred million people that use Strava or something like that. Like the likelihood that you happen to be the archetypal user that Strava should design their entire product strategy around is basically zero you know you can extend this to all all kinds of products like you know photographers love to complain about how you know whatever instagram changed and you know it's not right catering to them and so i'm like well guess what like <laughs> have you like go 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 on public transit and like watch how people are using instagram and who they're following and, and that kind of stuff and guess what like your particular use case is probably not the way that 99 percent of people are using it all right, man. Well, appreciate you coming on as always talking about this stuff. It's uh, always super interesting hearing your perspective on these topics and uh, look forward to talking to you next week. Yeah, sounds great. It was a, uh, I think this is a, a fun one and obviously running is a, is a thing that's near and dear to me personally and it's a complicated issue to dive into. Right on. All right, man. Talk to you soon. See ya. All right, that's our show. Thanks, as always, to Kyle Frost for coming on. Do you want to reach out and give your thoughts on the state of trail or ultra running or even the Wham! UTMB situation? Send an email to myrockfight at gmail.com. You can also DM the show on threads or Instagram. The handle is at underscore rockfight underscore. Reach out today. The Rockfight is a production of Rockfight LLC. I'm Colin True. Thanks for listening. Here to take us out, the one, the only Krista makes with the Rockfight fight song. We'll see you next time. Rockfight!